to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. I have someone here who keeps saying interesting things to me, so I'm just going to start recording. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you to everybody for listening. And, oh, wait. There we go. Now we can start. Um, thanks to everyone for listening and for subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and for leaving um, comments on social media. And uh, just want to say thank you to Paul Gorman, the author of Reasons to be Cheerful, the life and work of Barney Bubbles. He reposted us and um, is following our podcast now, and really, it's really an honor. Um, here with me today, uh, here I wrote countless show posters, t-shirts, records, and most recently, the New York Times book review. Right, and the illustration for right? it, yeah. Ooh. All right, uh, CM Ruiz, or Carlos. I go by CM. CM. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Welcome. We're west of the Rockies. So. Done. <laughs> um, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Okay, cool. Uh, we were just talking about some super cool opportunities that you've gotten recently. Um, what are you working on right now? I think that's what people want to know. Um, I am just working on a comic for. <laughs> for uh, immediately spell on myself. Uh, just like a cryptocurrency company, blockchain company, um, and then always like posters, um, and oh, I'm doing some stuff for Levitation Fest right now. Cool. Is it um, Levitation France? No, it's uh, Levitation is like the umbrella company, so they do like France and Zurich, and mm -hmm. um, but they're mainly based out of Austin. They were like the rebranded oh, right. Austin Psych Fest. And you've done, yeah, I was going to say you did Austin Psych Fest as well. Right. I actually had done like um, a bunch of when they were rebranding it, mm -hmm. um, what, two years ago? And had done like a ton of stuff with their art director. And then the whole festival got canceled because of that um what do you call it? It was like a severe weather warning, and it like got all rained out. So mm -hmm. we had worked on for like a couple months on no all way. this art, and then the last time I was there at Carson Creek Ranch, it got rained on. Was it the one where they moved everything to like Austin and a bunch of different venues and stuff? Uh, I think they kept it at the ranch, but uh, that particular year, but there was there were some delays in the shows. Yeah, this year I guess there was like a lot of lightning and like they were they had to cancel everything and so we had spent like a couple months like rebranding everything and then we couldn't roll it out because it got canceled like mm -hmm. before the festival actually happened and so all the venues were changed and so none of that came. So they out, had to move it back into the city where it started because right. I went um, the first time I went I think it was the first time was when it was at the power plant. Were you there? It was mm -hmm. like at the Austin Power Plant. It's pretty cool. Okay. Um, the sound was a little rough because I could hear more than one band at a time, the way mm. the stages were set up, mm -hmm. which wasn't great. But Yeah, I've <laughs> never been. The first time they uh, asked me to do it, I don't remember how long ago it was. It was a while ago. But they were like, you could either take the money or we could fly you out here and you can go to all the shows and I was like I'd rather take the money because it was like <laughs> well it was on my like birthday weekend oh right like every year it's always, it was always oh, at yeah. the end of April so I was like I could rather just buy like a new Nintendo game or something right um yeah I really like the ranch location that's too bad they always have it during the kind of the rainiest season I think last year it went off but um i didn't really do too much for it last year and mm -hmm. then this year they came back to me um to do i think like 10 new t-shirt designs and, awesome um i'm sure that'll be like mixed into uh some like spin them out into poster designs too mm -hmm. um 
So you do reuse some things for both posters and t-shirts? They wanted to because they want to like mm -hmm. connect the graphic identity between the mm -hmm. posters and the shirts. Um, and then also, I did have some stuff last year that I designed that didn't ever get used. I think they wanted to like sleep on and kind of present for this year. Cool. For like 2019. I loved your work for Levitation France as well. Yeah, that was a fun one. <laughs> And it really stood out because a lot of the other stuff looked so classic, mm -hmm. classic psychedelic, which is great. But then your work really kind of popped out. Yeah, they, they, I think that he, the main art director and like one of the founders, his name is Rob Fitzpatrick. He uh, uses me more for like, sometimes when they present more post-punk bands or like, more 90s alternative mm -hmm. bands um and then he's always pushing for kind of that more like raw look style than mm -hmm. like it being eyeballs on planes and right or like perfectly warped lettering yeah you know i mean i i love that i can tell even when i see on pinterest pe that people are influenced by you obviously um I can always tell when it really is you, mm. which is a good thing. Um, I guess it's the visual noise that's always there. There's nothing, there's not really much clean area on the design. I think a lot of that is like, yeah, because a lot of I've used on Xerox machines. The last year in my mm -hmm. studio, I've had two Xerox machines mm -hmm. that I was using um, for different levels of like decay. And then I'll keep kind of those like smudges and imperfections rather than having clean white space right. around it. But that that's exactly why I always know when it's you. Um, also your composition, it's awesome. Mm. Uh, have you ever thought about using um, a risograph, risograph printer? No. No, have uh, you ever had your work printed? Uh, yeah, I did a thing with uh, this Thickest Thieves zine. They're uh -huh. like a local comics anthology, and they uh -huh. did like a year-end book, I think for, or maybe it was a summer special, but I did some comics that they riser printed in that, but I've never done it myself or like sought it out. Um, I was going to ask you, what is the project you're working on um, do you have stuff to promote? Like, what is the thing you're doing mm. with people of color and women? What was the... Oh, right. Um, so that got born out of... Uh, it's kind of a long story, but the short version is uh, I was running for the last year a uh, gallery called Nimodo. Nimodo spelled N-I-I. Yeah, M-O-D-O. Okay. Um, cool. And that was where... It was a commercial space that we turned into an art gallery in Wallingford. And um, I was a curator and, like, kind of helped produce events and stuff there, too. But uh, the focus was on women artists, uh, artists of color, and first-time exhibitors. Um, the space was really, really cheap, provided by uh, these local redevelopers called Revolve in Seattle. And they... Um, they also had the lease on the Lusty Lady. That's kind of like oh, okay. why we moved into this next space. Mm -hmm. um, but because it was so cheap to run and mm -hmm. so cheap for commercial real estate, we could kind of present artists that maybe other galleries couldn't because of the restrictions on like their their cost of running their mm -hmm. space mm -hmm. um, with like high rents and um, rents too damn high folks for those of you not in Seattle so like we were like I guess it's everywhere <laughs> well we were able to like present artists that like give their first solo gallery show um, because we weren't beholden to like make like a couple thousand off art sales mm -hmm. um, we could like kind of use it as a mentoring tool for like new young artists that mm -hmm. um, were probably years away from like getting into their own like commercial s gallery 
yeah. space. Um, and yeah, so we ran that for last year and then okay. it just shut down oh. um, this last few weeks ago. And then we're going to reopen it um, once we get our next space. Awesome. That's something to look forward to. Keep your ears peeled. Yeah, we also had, like, a chance to, like, do, like, bands play there. So, like, use it as a DIY venue also. Awesome. And, like... In Wallingford, you said? Mm-hmm. We had, like, film screenings and, like... Um, we had a thing called Bazone Fest this year that was, like, just a bunch of different, like, um, performances. A lot mm-hmm. of performance art and um, that kind of ran the gamut. It was, like mud wrestling and Whoa. like synchronized <laughs> I dancing. I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> it was like synchronized dancing the Britney Spears songs. There was like a, a, mo- a place where like there was like a karaoke tent uh, bands mm-hmm. played. It was just like this very like open community loving space. Mm-hmm. Um, the karaoke thing was supposed to be it was really dark in there so you could like go in there like be awful but like not be shamed yeah Yeah. exactly like it was that sounds magical it was was a really awesome event and is there any prediction on when you'll reopen it we were supposed to have the next space like two weeks ago so it's kind of it's it's kind of up in there um but we're hoping for the next like 90 days or six months like opening up and we're not sure it's either going to be another gallery that's open to the public on mm-hmm. the hill, um, or my other option, I think, is going to be just providing really cheap art studios on Capitol mm. Hill that are like under market, so that they're available for like lower income people or like, mm. people that can't like um, spend too much but like need a space to produce their art absolutely because a lot of places i mean talking to other artists like it's so much of your money is going into your apartment Mm -hmm. and usually they're not that large so you need an extra space but then you're stuck in this catch-22 of not being able to afford another space right without like having several people go in on it you should listen to the barney bubbles episode because he his philosophy was he hated beds for that reason so he'd sleep on a sleeping bag and hang it on the wall during the day so he could have 100% of his space devoted to creativity. (laughs) Well, in my apartment, I have a giant work desk that's like three feet by eight feet. And then I have Mm -hmm. a a mattress underneath it. So I have, so I'm like using. Great minds. Um, Another thing he did was moved into a huge place with a bunch of people and suggest they all sleep in the same room. So then they could just create in the other rooms. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although, I don't know, that doesn't sound ideal, but... Um, and I don't think they actually did it, but he it was his idea. What it, do you think about that? Uh, I don't really like... <laughs> <laughs> I would probably get pretty manic. It'd be like manic. the grandparents from Willy Wonka. Yeah, no. I, I like... Well, in my old studio, too, I had a studio in Nemoto, and it was just, like, behind two doors, and it, like, never got mm-hmm. uh, sunlight. And I liked, like going in there and just working all the time and then it's like living in a little oh, rat hole and then wow. uh, emerging once like I'm like I can leave when I'm done or get to a certain goal post and then oh uh, so you, I do that too when I'm designing do you do the um, peeing is for closers or eating is for closers <laughs> like I just have to finish this one thing and then I deserve to eat sort of um, a lot of the time I'll have like some bananas or a coffee or something Aww. something to eat yeah. uh you know pressed juices or something so it's christmas time merry christmas everybody what do you have if people want to like buy a print or is there somewhere they can buy your stuff i'll edit this out if you don't have um, no, you'd have to like DM me. I still have stuff from okay. Short Run. Oh, um, awesome! I have like a few shirts and some prints I had and some zines I made for Short Run. Oh, um, cool! So if people DM you, where do you want to give out your ats? Oh yeah, um, it's at C M R T Y Z. 
mostly on Instagram. I'll see it on Instagram. I don't have a smartphone, but uh, I look at it when I'm in Wi-Fi sometimes. Okay. That's reasonable. Um, you're one of the last ones. I don't know. I have my new Kia. It's calls and it texts. That's all I need, really. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, I put up a question on Twitter, and I asked, what questions do you have for CM Ruiz? And um, at the underscore, or at the story thief, wants to know, who are some new artists whose work you're excited about? You, you're excited about. Spelled creatively. Um, new artists. Um, or anyone. I would say anyone. I, I had this, uh, I mean, running the gallery, I was like, had a really great opportunity to show a lot of like the stuff that was super exciting to me. Um, and a lot of it I got to buy and it, I love having their work. Uh, I would say one that's really under the radar right now that I really love is this woman, Julia Tatia Treyrong. Ooh. She, um, um, and she does like she has a bunch of baskets and like she for her solo show she made these um functional like lamps and stuff she like crochets and Ooh, weaves together these are cool it's really cool she makes like cable knits out of what is this plastic and like old um like uh, extension cords and um yeah so for those of you listening it's spelled Julia well, her, her website is Julia Taya, Tatia, so J-U-L-I-A-T-A-T-I-Y-A.com. Yeah, Tatia. Interesting. Yeah, her stuff's really, really cool. Um, I, like, bought some other stuff from, uh, man, I'm blanking, Yasmin, Yasmin Queen. She Her stuff's really rad. Um, I just bought a painting from... Um, Alyssa Putnam. Mm -hmm. Do you have a ton of art in your space? I have a lot of art. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Not only was I like buying art from uh, all the shows that we had to kind of like keep a record on everything. Um, But there was also like people I was trying to like line up for the new space that's just been kind of like so in flux that I haven't been able to. I really like Barry Johnson's Mm -hmm. paintings. Um, that name is so, that name is like your name where I Google it and it's like, forget it. Yeah. Barry Johnson. I think he just did like a TEDx talk or something in Seattle. Um, he, he does really amazing paintings. Oh no, it Um, came right up. Cool. And I wanted to have him be the inaugural show for the next one. So, Mm -hmm. um, so for when we open, hopefully he'll still be, uh, interested in it. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think, but I don't have a oh, smartphone. That's, that's that's okay. I know I'm cheating. I'm like here on Google. Uh, I, mean, I have other. Questions. That Kate Bailey show was like my favorite show that we presented, maybe, and that was mm-hmm. her first solo show. So for this one, she did um, what do you call it? She did a bunch of robots mm. that collectively were like a self-portrait of herself because mm-hmm. all their functions were like different functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, pieces of her own personality or like Whoa. what they were like programmed to do or like was like a part of herself in pieces oh. um so they didn't they weren't visually but they together were like stepping into her brain kind is of is there a way to see it the whole picture of it without being there yeah i think she i think she has a vimeo video she, oh, she had cool. people come in to like um record like what the show was all about how did we meet was it when we dj'd on the radio i think i may have known who you were before then but i think we met yeah when west brought me and tie in to dj on sonic reducer once yes i remember um we played dow or no um dow jones yep bunch of punk songs and then we dj'd a different punk thing together i might cut this out <laughs> it's not interesting <laughs> um yeah i don't remember though 
Yeah. It's been a long time. I know. It's been a really long time since I've seen you. I went to design school. I kind of like disappeared. Yeah, um, I was I was unemployed for a year, so um, I was looking for work, but then also just working. I had like a I had one art show this year. Let's see, can we talk about your jokes? Let me read one. Here we <laughs> um, go. Which On I didn't. Facebook. I didn't um, bet this. So. I know we can always cut it out. No, whichever this one you like. Really good. You so you were on a date once. Things oh, okay. were going well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she totally walked out walked out on me because I was too old fashioned. It's a shame because I thought we had great alchemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, where are my sound effects? <laughs> I'm just gonna put one in there. Um, that is great. You wrote that. Um, it's like part of stuff i see around sometimes i have like a bunch of old joke books too yes. <laughs> and then you kind of make them your own right i, I have love it. i like the dating ones because i've been single so like i think a lot of people oh. go into those thinking it's gonna be like a real like observation on <laughs> dating 2018 or like juicy goss right something like that <laughs> um i'm trying to think of another one i had it was I had That's some meaning to do. I had some Here's other ones. Here's another one. Dating. I was on Instagram Discovery and found an artist who did realistic frozen sculptures. They were fine, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, do you want Do you want to hear a joke I made up the other day? Sure. Okay, you don't have to pity laugh. Just okay. give me your real response. You can workshop this one. On we'll there. workshop it. Um, what do you say when you see a sexy salad? Arugula. Mm. <laughs> that's the level I that like, we're working uh, with. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I started doing those because um, because of the election, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't want to be another voice in the in the bubble void that keeps mm-hmm. coming around. So I was like, I'm just gonna make jokes, which like um, I've actually when I have gone out has been like people have come up to me and been like oh I like that you do that because like Mm -hmm. everything else is so shitty on there. Do you feel like people look at us people of color uh do you say Latinx? Oh I've been saying Latinx. Latinx? Okay I'm doing that now too. I like Latinx. It kind of (laughs) it makes more sense and it's it's, in Espanol yeah. And it sounds kind of better than Latinx. Right and you're Guatemalan right? Mm Mm-hmm. Verdad. Um, do you feel like people kind of expect us to be more involved during harsh mm. political times? Like, but there seems to be a little bit of pressure to, to, if you're not angry, then you're not paying attention type of thing. Hmm. Um, I guess not if you're just tweeting out jokes anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gotten any of that. I've, I've I felt like. Or, like, you're an artist. You need to use your platform. Well, that's kind of what I think I've been doing enough with, like, having the gallery. Right. It was, like, presenting these works of, like, kind of fringe voices. Like, right. um, I think that Seattle does have, like, a lot of great, you know, artists of color and, like, women artists and stuff. Um, Absolutely. And so having a space and, like... A, place for that to be presented mm-hmm. um that is a political statement in itself but people are very literal about they want to see it like in your work like they want to see mm. trump's face with the x through it or some shit i don't know i don't know i like <laughs> i remember i was like downtown and i saw this fucking sorry i keep cursing uh oh go ahead I, I saw uh it was during art fair Mm-hmm. And there was like a painting that someone was moving that was like Trump on all fours with like a stick up his butt and like Putin <laughs> standing behind them. And it was like uh, a $10,000 painting. I'm like, this is so. I was like, this is. How did you know how much it cost? I saw it later online. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was like, this is so trite. It's like. Was it one of those homophobic I, Trump Putin things? That drives me crazy. I, I hate it. Must have been. But it like. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't, it just seemed like very like this is. It's ridiculous. It's so whack. 
it's so yeah. corny and it's gonna be so dated and it's like it's gonna be like a rock against bush album cover or something <laughs> like it's yeah i'm i would rather invest in like things with actual impact than like splash in the pan right. piece of art that's not gonna do much other than like sate some like i don't know someone that feels critical enough to mm-hmm. call you out to do that i guess if that's what you mean like someone that's like you should be having some of this work or some of this stuff more reflective in your work mm-hmm. i would rather do something that has a bigger impact right because of it's a lasting effect also know? there's different ways of of uh contributing and being political, like you said, just providing a space for people mm-hmm. of color and women um, in a place in Seattle where it's pretty hard for people to get started in the art world because yeah. the gallery scene is is pretty established. It's a little gatekeepy, but it mm-hmm. but I think that it's somewhat it, their hands are a little tied because of like how expensive their rent is. Right. Like I don't think that. I mean, I would hope that they don't want to just show the same kind of artists that will sell paintings that are a lot so they can make their rent every month. But Mm -hmm. another thing I wanted to ask, so I was at a party last night. Um, It was a party for Saki Mafandikwa. He started a design school in Zimbabwe. He wrote this book called African Alphabets and is just a brilliant designer. Um, Yale educated, but, you know, kind of went his own way again. And and I had just watched his TED Talk, and I was like, you know, I know you say, like, to find your heritage. You know, I'm half Mexican, part Mexican, whatever. Grew up, But I grew up on, like, Nickelodeon and, like, mm-hmm. fruit roll-ups. Like, where do I pull from? And so he was kind of just telling me, you know, well, what's your name and what you know, look at your surroundings and basically told me um, that I can take from my culture. It's just, it's kind of like an amalgam of all my experiences. And it's not necessarily like hardcore Mexican, but there is something that I'm leaving out by not having that reflected in my work at all. Do you sometimes have people tell you, like, I don't see your heritage in your work or is that something you don't hear because your style is so strong on its own um no one's ever told me that mm-hmm. i don't think they dare tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know like why would someone i don't know it's... he didn't tell me that i've heard that mostly from non uh, from white people mostly like i don't see your hispanic culture in your work i don't see austin in your work you're from austin oh man i um, would maybe freak out on do you think that, that that's sort that. of exotification no i think it's like incredibly rude <laughs> and like nothing that they wouldn't even know what, the, what they're talking about right even if um, it's another artist yeah i so how important is your heritage i don't know is that something you think about um yeah this is a good line of questions no no seriously because so i had done um that show Mm -hmm. my show this year it was in july um and that whole show was more about um kind of working through all that other stuff you're talking about like the american heritage a little Mm -hmm. bit um it was all of like the things that just made me really joyous inside and then also um it was all like kind of psychedelia and like pop art and Mm -hmm. Um, but like also very like cute and like fun and bubbly. Mm -hmm. And then I also tried to do like different mediums I had never tried. Like I did sculpture, like out of, like I carved out of like styrofoam blocks, like things. I'd love to see that. And then I created like paper sculptures and I created a plush sculpture. Oh, you Uh, did a lot of felt work too, didn't you? Yeah, I did like a, just trying like, I'm like, I'm really comfortable doing, X so why don't I try this other stuff so I did like 
uh, creative direction of photography and then painted on top of them. So I j- did everything that wouldn't be just like my posters. Like mm-hmm. I w- didn't do any like prints. It was all painting and photographing myself. And like, because mm-hmm. um, my last major show was photographs I painted on, but I didn't take the photos. Mm-hmm. I like collabed with Megumi mm-hmm. uh, Arai. And, uh, but she shot him and I did the like, creative direction on it so this Mm -hmm. time I wanted to like handle that um but I wanted to get that kind of out of the way before I sort of um tackled anything that was about my heritage Mm -hmm. um and that is kind of like that show was stuff I was already really familiar with in my in myself and in my like uh influences and likes or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it still took me like seven months to actually produce Mm -hmm. whereas this next thing i do towards that um i don't know how much it's gonna how long it'll take me to kind of do something that i think reflects as much as i want it to Mm -hmm. i think it it is kind of the next thing I want to do is kind of broach mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, my grandma passed away kind of early on in the year because during that. Yeah. Um, and. But it's hard to say. Like, we grew up, like, with Spanglish in the house, but we're still eating Dunkaroos and playing Nintendo. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what is my culture? I guess that could be my art, but. You know, what am I going to do? A painting of Totino's pizza rolls. Right. Well, that's why kind of like that show was that bit of it. Um, But like when my grandma passed, my... Tony Hawk 2 painting. There you go. Well, (laughs) it kind of solidified an idea, a thought in me because she was... My dad's uh, mom Mm -hmm. was like indigenous Mayan. And Mm -hmm. so like when she passed, they didn't know how old she was because she didn't have a birth certificate when she was born like she was just like a village kid that like got taken in by the like orphanage when like Guatemalan like government came in and was like Mm -hmm. gathering all these children from the village and stuff so Mm -hmm. um wow I think like something like that like it made me kind of think about my heritage more being like that's that's a very interesting part of myself that I haven't like delved into right particularly yet one of the things that when I'm like showing younger artists work or like mm-hmm. people that are kind of getting in and like writing artist statements for example like mm. those are the worst yeah some people <laughs> don't like them I love them really I think they're great please help me <laughs> because well and this is this is it's the same it's the same parallel road for me, I think. Artist statements with grappling some of these like ideas in your head is being able to... The way I look at an artist statement is essentially you're writing down the ideas that went into your show that if... Say you had an art show mm-hmm. and you had no artist statement or it was just kind of like thrown together artist statement. Mm-hmm. And at your opening... You have people coming up to you being like, oh, what's this picture about? And you explaining to them like, oh, I was coming from this place, you know, Mm -hmm. like as you would do and like polite. As I've always done. Yeah. And polite conversation. all of my art shows. (laughs) Right. That what you do is just in that artist statement, (laughs) you put down that like worked like spiel you have already into a statement and then like anyone that asks you so what's this about you'd be like if you read it you wouldn't i wouldn't have to repeat this a hundred times to everybody well just like that (laughs) that is yes that's essentially your what you would be saying to explain yourself exactly you're distilling your like spiel that you're gonna say a hundred times like don't don't like suffer over it right you just say it you just like you know that at your opening people are gonna ask you what is going on Mm -hmm. and if you know what's enough to tell them you could just write that down in an artist statement and then mm-hmm. you're done with it you don't have to tell a hundred people the same exact thing because it's written on the wall right there um hmm. any plans for a book 
an art book? Mm, not for like a couple years, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I That's have so plan. much work. You have an insane well, when, amount of work. When I was moving um, recently, studios into or out of my studio, I was just like, it's it's mm-hmm. too much. I yeah, I've done like. 600 posters mm-hmm. in Seattle. I know how to do book layouts. So oh. Just let me know. But I've done the zines and stuff at Short Run. like. But I mean to make money. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make money ever. You would. You will. You don't want to, huh? Maybe on my um, <laughs> maybe on my 30th retrospective. Yeah. There you go. I'm going to ask you another story from Twitter. Philip K. Diculus, a blue Garfield, <laughs> asked, why make anything? Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's a great one. Yeah. I've, 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 I, I don't know what's behind that. With It might be. I wonder who this person is, if they've heard <laughs> me tell this story. There's no story, but <laughs> there's there. I had a. I'm He's a, pretty into Garfield. I had a. Uh, <laughs> I had this uh, interview with Amazon. <laughs> A phone interview. Okay. Uh, so I uh, had this phone interview. It was the worst interview I've ever had. And they called me. And <laughs> okay, we can leave the name in. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Well, so they, uh, they're like, hey, do you have an hour for this interview? I'm like, yeah, I have an hour. Um, and it was over in 20 minutes, the whole interview. Um, so that says something. But uh, they were asking if partly like if I understood I'm going to try and get this right but something like if I understood the mechanisms for which they decide why they make aesthetic choices in one area and not another and how they are like produced independently and never together or something like that and I was like Whoa. I was like oh so you're asking if I understand why we design a certain way and not another way. And she's like, no, I didn't say anything about design. And so I was like, so you're asking me, do I know why I make something and not nothing? (laughs) And then she was like, moving on. Um, And then... Oh, no. And then she... She asked me something else, and it was really, I, like, answered, but she, like, didn't care about it. And then she asked me what my dream job was, and I said, ice cream taster. Because I was like, I'm just going to tank this anyway. Like, this is stupid. This is not where I want to work. Oh, my God. Bikini inspector, are you happy now? And then she asked me if I had any questions for her. And this was, like, 12 minutes into this hour <laughs> interview so it was already like she was done please tell me you asked uh, her a fucked up question no i asked her two questions i was okay. my first question was um what do you hate about working at amazon oh <laughs> and she said uh she was like do you oh. know- <laughs> sorry go ahead. <laughs> she said oh you know like uh this job is really what you bring to it if, <laughs> if you're not gonna enjoy it then you're gonna have a bad time right. i like like my work so i like my job like it was very and also folks we know people who work there and are perfectly fine and then my last question was like it's fine um does this gotta pay their bills i was like does this interview uh method work like do do you <laughs> think that this actually gets you the best clients or like have you has someone squeaked through this interview process only to like freak out and like have to be have to leave the building because this method so didn't work that you hired the wrong person. And then she said that that's classified, or it's like she can't tell me that information. Has your, basically, what you said was, does this shitty format has this uh, backfired on you? Yeah. And why are you still doing it if, if it, it has? If it yeah, the success rate of this is worth it, I guess. Um, <sighs> But uh, I guess, you know, sometimes to make something and not nothing is just, you know, it's your human spirit. I guess. When There's I, something inside of us, right? We yeah. got to make stuff. Well, when I started making stuff, too, in high school, I would just, mm-hmm. like, draw weird pictures. And then I kind of figured out in senior year, like, 
if I put band names and like a date <laughs> and like where the show is turning my pictures into posters, mm-hmm. they had a functionality to them. Right. And so like it was not just something that I was making my sketchbook. Like it mm-hmm. was like an actual pursuit I could do. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved here, like I was just asking everybody that I could do posters for you for free. And then for mm-hmm. two years, just did it. And mm-hmm. kind of like, that's kind of how it worked out. So you're the one who made bands think they could get free posters. I did it for like, two, <laughs> well, I was 18 and they weren't right. good. Oh, I <laughs> but, bet they were awesome. But uh, once people started asking me to do posters, I started charging. Right. And so once they approach you. Right. Yeah. And it's, I've charged the same for what, two, 10 years, no, 12 years. Yeah. Well, now, is it different now, I hope? No, it's the same. Okay, well. Um, but, I, yeah, I like I like creating fake album art. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a poster for something that doesn't exist or an album for something that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I did that kind of with my IDO I did, uh, internship. I mm-hmm. created, like, 16 record covers that mm-hmm. weren't for anything that were just like went together with this object I made. So it had like 16 records you can kind of like scroll through. Um, Is that available to see somewhere or no? No, I think that's in their their archives now. Uh, What is your favorite 90s hip hop? Oh, that's a really uh, record song. Uh, Artist or record or? I think the one I would my go-to would be um, Pete Rock and C.L. Smooth. Ooh, that's a good one. I listen to it, like, a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, reminisce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that video, too. Um, <laughs> own my own business like my Aunt Joyce. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back. We went to the bathroom. And... We are back to continue our chat, but I wanted to show Carlos and get his reaction since we were just talking about 90s hip hop to a photo I found of me in high school art class. And it was of a portrait I painted. <laughs> I can do this. No, I got it. Okay. Um, it was my favorite rapper. And also I think that the portrait that some other kid did of Harrison Ford that's hanging above me. Oh, is that <laughs> it's Harrison? Really funny. <laughs> I like the uh, the difference in like everyone else's. <laughs> the boys looks pretty cool though. Which one? The this, guy with the car. Yeah, the like the oh. Puerto Rican flag or something going on back there. Oh, the boys. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> I know. Also, uh, the timestamp says 1987, and this was in the 90s, but. Anyway, he was my favorite. I did, like, a bunch of portraits of rappers. FYI, I was in the uh, skateboard culture, so it wasn't, like, just hip-hop. We were, like, super into, you know, punk rock, but also the Steve Miller band. Yeah, the Offspring and stuff. No, (laughs) stop it. Not the Offspring. Uh, The Cypress Hill, for Mm -hmm. sure. Actually, uh, the reason I moved to Seattle was because of a skate video, too. Mm. It was the first time I heard... The catheters. Oh, the catheters. And then you bought the album with the registration. Yeah, that. The weird registration. Jeff Kleinsmith. See, you do know album designers. You know him. I know Jeff, but I know I know him, like, personally, too, you know. That is a really interesting album that it caught your attention. Like, well, it, it was, drew you in so hard because it doesn't really, I, I wouldn't even well, notice it, was, it. It had a sticker on it uh-huh. that said, warning, contains art. <laughs> like on the plastic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's like everything is intended is supposed to be. And then when I first met Jeff, I told him that like little story. And that he and I was like, and that sticker is like what pushed it over the edge for me for like, I, t- I didn't even know what Sub Pop was. I like turned it over and saw Seattle, Washington. Um, but when I asked him about it, he's like, yeah, but they kept returning all the records to Sub Pop because they're like, oh, these are all defective. They're oh, misprinted. No. <laughs> so they had to produce all these stickers oops, stickers, and put them onto the record because oh, so that they wouldn't get that. returned. So anyhow, is there anything else you want to promote or talk about? 
not so much. Although I do want to say hi to all my UK listeners. Yay! Especially all the dudes that know Bad Vibrations. They've been like my UK connection for Bad Vibrations. Yeah, they're like a concert promoters out there. Oh, cool! And they've like hired me a bunch this year and flew me out last year to hang out and they've like hit me up for multiple projects probably the most this year mm-hmm. they're like my biggest supporter so rad most of my posters have been in london this year but i don't i'm trying not to do an accent right now right. i'll tell you one thing about london can't get a coffee anywhere <laughs> except starbucks God damn tea really? yeah there is starbucks huh yeah i couldn't find i couldn't find coffee Except for Americanos, and then I found, like, between my bus and my train, a Starbucks, and so I'd get two 20 ounces. <laughs> take it and home. And take it to work, and they, like, would make fun of me, because I came in with, like, 40 ounces of coffee, and it's like, I can't make coffee breaks, because I have to do it all in one. <laughs> they call it filter coffee, not drip, because I ordered a drip, and they're like, Wait, what is that? They're like, sir, you need to go to the bathroom. And I was like, filter <laughs> coffee. Oh, Yeah. Oh, filter coffee. That's good to know. That's a um, good tip. That's a good tip. Go to what Starbucks. other tips do you have for London? <laughs> uh, what um, else did I say about London? They, it's the best. It's the only other city I would really want to move to besides Seattle. Oh, yeah? Same weather. It's a huge city. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like the weather out there. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. It's gloomy and suits me. Same hemisphere. Or what is it? Latitude? Mm-hmm. Latitude. So. Uh, any animation uh, aspirations? Ooh. I would only want to do, like, old 2D hand-drawn. Like, hand-drawn stuff, yeah. I almost thought about doing that for, like, at least taking some classes in it because I think I it would... I teach you how. I think it would inform my, like, comicking a mm-hmm. little bit more. Like being able to like do s- panels of like half movements, so you got between one to two. What was going on? Have you ever made a flip book? Not since I was really early young. You've done so many of those huge multi-paneled pieces with your kind of comic. Yeah, style also, also on the I, I did like I think on my Twitter and stuff too. Is there? I did these like entire i think i put the little mermaid up but mm-hmm. it's like super tiny panels so it's like just a whole movie in like mm. five pages or something i redrew that great mouse detective <laughs> um i was working on aladdin for short run but i didn't have time to finish it oh aladdin and kirby i draw a lot of kirby kirby's mm-hmm. yeah kirby i think is the is just the purest <laughs> art form there is honestly <laughs> I haven't paid much attention to it, but I will now. It's great. Aww. It's so cute. It's insanely psychedelic, but it's mm-hmm. also like it's it embodied a lot of my art. I think. Mm-hmm. I think my art was always Kirby, and I just didn't know it. You just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. You know what? I I just recently saw my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Just like two years ago. Oh, wow. Where was I that whole time? It was amazing. Have you made it through all the other, like, Miyazaki movies yet? No. No, I just, um, while I was in design school, I worked at the Central Cinema. Mm -hmm. And we showed it um, on, like, a family day. And I was like, everyone was like, you haven't seen it. Yeah. (laughs) I was was holding back that. What is wrong with you? How have you not seen this movie yet? We're watching it right now. Holy shit. I my favorite is the I like all those movies, but my favorite's the his first one, which is like Lupin the Third. Lupin the Third. Castle of Cagliostro. Ooh. It was like a it was like a property, an IP that uh, Miyazaki worked on in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties, and he did his first movie was directing one of the, that TV show into a movie. Mm. Um, if I'm remembering correct, but the it's, t- can you watch the TV show too? I think the TV show is maybe on Hulu still. Whoa, um, it's it's pretty funny. I like it. It's a little aged, it's a little yeah. sexist sometimes, but it's like supposed to be like a James Bondy Every, kind of nothing thing. Nothing aged well. Can we just um, say like nothing aged well? How do we go back and like that's another thing I think about nineties aged okay. 
um, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for coming. And um, holler at your boys in London. Tell them to listen to the podcast. And um, this I'll one was kind of... Know. Let your mates know. And mm. this one was a little break from the formula, but that's fine because sometimes uh, artists we need to know about are still around making art. And, uh, oh, yeah, you've done album covers too, right? Yeah, I've done a bunch. A bunch. more Too many to mention right now. Google him, cmruiz.com. Mm-hmm. And all over the Instagrams and Twitters, we're at uh, designfreakspodcast.com, and you can contact me and all that stuff from there and please download on itunes though because it makes a big difference um and review there and i think i've said that a million times thank you john dwyer for the music and oh no no's thank you eric and puddles all right I think that's it. Bye. Bye.